How about that cigar? How about that cigar? Guys, what night is it? It's Tuesday night. It's our favorite night of the week, and we are live here at Sodi Cigar and Pipe in Oak Park Heights, Minnesota. We want to welcome you to episode number 49 of How About That Cigar Live. As always, the traveling Drew Estate Cigar Studios here at Sodi's. we are brought to you by Drew Estate. And they want to announce that the Pappy Van Winkle tradition will now be sold exclusively through Pappy and Company at www.pappyco.com. Drew Estate is honored to represent the Van Winkle family with an ultra-premium cigar that reinforces the legacy of a living American icon, Julian Van Winkle. The Pappy Van Winkle. <laughs> Tradition features an Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper, Indonesian binder, and age fillers from Nicaragua and the Dominican Republic. Jonathan Drew, founder and president of Drew Estate, adds, We are thrilled to be providing the daughters of Julian Van Winkle, owners of Papico.com, with an exclusive cigar that is deeply aligned with the core of their culture and tradition and that matches the legacy of their brand. The Pappy Van Winkle tradition is available in a 55 by 54 and a six and a half or six by fifty. Find them now exclusively at papico.com. Mm-hmm. So, Garrett, this has been a crazy week around here, dude. Family stuff, work stuff, schedules like crazy. It really I know has. you've been the same. I, yeah, it has been a extremely busy, um, last, last week. Yeah. And, uh, I'm excited for this next week. You know what I'm excited for? I'm excited that in 13 days, sorry, 15 days, the Twins start the baseball season. Minnesota Twins start uh, 15 days away. Uh, we have to wait, though, an, uh, another seven days before the home opener. Yeah. So we have to play our first seven games on the road on the West Coast. Yeah. And we don't, we don't start playing here until April 2nd. Yeah, but I'm still so excited. I know, I know. Just to continue to hear all of the announcers say, the team I don't want to face this year is the Twins. Yeah, Uh, I'm just hopeful that we turn it into more than, I mean, a home run run record's great. Yeah. But let's get us a World Series. Yep. Um, And the Minnesota Wild, so since since last week's show, (laughs) since last week's show, the Wild won three out of four. We're playing right now. I don't. I haven't checked on the. We're not playing tonight. I thought we were playing tonight. So, no. but we won three out of four. Yeah. We are now uh, eight games over five hundred, yeah. and we moved up a spot in the standings. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, Kevin Fiala. It's. I mean, things. Things are just. I don't know. I, I don't want to jinx it, but things are moving in the right direction with the Wilds. It's. It's good to see. And we had uh, the Minnesota High School uh, hockey tournament. Yep. And, you know, if you're a fan or not, of it's like um, it's like if you're a big high school football fan in the South. Yeah, that's what high school hockey is yeah. to us up here in the in the frozen tundra. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like football in Texas. Yeah. It's just people people, uh, you know, take time off work just to go and sit somewhere and watch the Minnesota high school hockey tournament. I watch it. I don't have any kids who play hockey. I don't have any vested interest yep. in it. It's just fun to sit down and watch those those young students get out there and play and hard. Fight it out. And, it's, yeah. it's a lot of fun to watch. It is. I mean, I saw, I found myself. I was watching. Uh, it was it was Matamidi playing. Oh my gosh! Um, oh shoot! Of course, I don't remember. Hermantown. Hermantown. Yeah, yeah. And and when uh, the game got tied up. Oh my god! I found myself sitting on the couch, going like, yes, I, did too. "I don't even, I don't even know anybody involved with either of those teams." I didn't have a yeah, vested interest. It was just a semifinal that game. Night, there were more people with 
attending high school semifinals than any NHL. Yeah. So Andrew says that night there were more people attending high school hockey semifinal than any NHL game. That shows you how how important hockey is to people in this state. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. We hope to keep watching it. Um, So, guys, we want to bring in our special guest this evening. And as always, the special guest segment is brought to you by Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com. They are the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You will also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Mr. Jeff Borshowitz, believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At CoronaCigar.com and Corona, at Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. For more info on all of that, please visit CoronaCigar.com and FloridaSunGrown.com. And ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for our special guest this evening from LFD Cigars, John Carney. Welcome to the show. John, how's it going? Gentlemen, it's going fantastic. Beautiful. I am in Oklahoma City, which was which was one unique because we were all in the same time zone so i didn't have to guess the central time thing that you all do <laughs> being an east coast guy and uh the, I, you can't see the setting is a little dark but i'm in this little garden area it's got a little fountains outside and uh, hopefully the music in the background is not too loud there's a little bit of no, music it's but it's a beautiful night out here um and i said the time zone was great and coincidentally i was also just at corona all last week i was on vacation in orlando and, oh cool um, I definitely partook in the uh, ultimate cigar experience. Yeah, and uh, Andrew, who's sitting just off camera here, um, writes, we do uh, cigar destination articles about cigar shops all over the country or all over the world, for that matter, that are that are interesting to go to when you're traveling. And, and Andrew travels a lot, and so he's he's good enough to write some of those articles for us. And he, he just, well, he wrote one actually a while ago about the, the Corona location in Orlando that I still have not gotten around to publishing on the website, but that will be coming soon. Uh, that, uh, that article. And, uh, it's, it's a place that I really hope to get to someday. There's, there's great shops all over the country, uh, the world as well. Um, I, I, I grew up in essentially grew up in my adult life in Orlando. Um, that's where I went to college and grad school. I lived there for like 10 years. So I, I started smoking cigars at Corona. Yeah. Um, so for me, cool. It, it's, it's this is a cliche because it's Orlando, but it really is the Disney world of cigars. Yeah. Um, so it's a highly recommend it. Um, if you're a cigar smoker and you, you have the opportunity and you're there, uh, take the trip. Uh, if you're with your family and your wife gets ticked off at you, just, <laughs> you know, cash it in and charge it to the game. <laughs> and uh, go go and check it out. Let her be mad because you, you'll be happy, and it's worth the uh, the exchange. So, John, you were really really generous to send us these uh, LFD 25th anniversary sticks that Garrett and I are firing up right now. Would you take just a minute and uh, give our viewers and listeners an idea about this cigar? So, 2019 was our 25th anniversary. Um, the the 25th anniversary cigar came out in the later parts of 2019 and are still continuously hitting our retail shops. It's a true limited edition product, um, but it was kind of a culmination of where Lido and Inez started the company back in the early nineties and where we've come uh, full circle. Uh, we started as a very mild cigar making uh, company and we've now obviously become known 
almost exclusively for full-bodied. And the 25th anniversary cigar pays homage and uh, to our Andalusian Bowl, which was the Starfish Now 2016 Cigar of the Year. It utilizes the similar binder tobaccos, similar filler tobaccos, and it utilizes the exact same wrapper, just a different priming of the Ecuador Coroa, which was on our Andalusian Bowl, which has been our been our cigar that has the most accolades and um you know and uh, really the something that's if anyone that's listening that smokes the Andalusian bowl one they're going to know it's very difficult to get uh, but that, that cigar has become a beast of its own so the 25th anniversary pays homage to the all 25 years but the Andalusian bowl blend uh with a more medium bodied uh offering from our brand not like our dove not as strong as our double arrow but also not as mild as our Suave or a premium line, which is what it was called in the early uh, 90s. Uh, so this is kind of a middle ground. So it's it's kind of a uh, blend of, of everything that we've done for the last 25 years and the Gomez family's done. Um, so a more medium-bodied offering based off something that, that received a lot of accolades and uses a lot of uh, unique aged tobaccos. And uh, it was also the first cigar <clears throat> with the Andalusian Bull that we used, uh, Corojo as a wrapper leaf on it. So this was the second with the 25th anniversary. So it was, it was a really celebratory cigar. And when it came to sitting on what we were going to do for the 25th anniversary, um, it was, it was, I think the right decision to do something down the middle in terms of strength and body, uh, that, that brought a little bit of both sides of where we started and where we're at now to the table. And, uh, John, could you tell us a little bit about your history with LFD and, uh, how that came to be? Well, I wish I remembered most of it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I, I grew up in the, if anyone follows me on social media, uh, a lot of my uh, posts are either one cigars travel um, or three uh, food. So I post a lot of food and I grew up in the restaurant business and my, my uh, professional goals were I wanted to be the chief executive officer of Walt Disney World or something hospitality related. And uh, th- that didn't come to fruition uh, which was fine because uh, I found the cigar industry. And as I said, when I lived in Orlando and I started smoking cigars at Corona Cigar, uh, I found something that was really unique, really special, and the, something that was different from what I'd done in the past. I, I found in cigars uh, everything that I liked about the restaurant industry, the cigar industry had the camaraderie uh, with your, your teams, the camaraderie with, um, with your retailers, your consumers. Uh, but it didn't have all the bad stuff, um, like people complaining that the soup wasn't hot enough or the coffee wasn't the right temperature or this and that. Now, there's obviously challenges in the cigar market, too, um, on a daily basis. Uh, but the when I found cigars, uh, it was truly something that, that, I've, that I felt like I kind of trained for with the things that I did through uh, growing up in the restaurant business, working in the restaurant industry, the hospitality business uh, when I was in college and after college. Um, so I had actually, I was a restaurant manager for Darden Restaurants. I was a, uh, a, I opened new restaurants for Olive Garden for about three years. Um, and I was a big cigar smoker when I was in college. One of my good friends, Jeremy, got me into that my freshman year back in 2003. Um, but all this was based around Orlando. So I worked in Orlando, opened new restaurants, uh, hired staff, did interviews. And it was during the housing crisis when I was doing that. It was like 2008 and nine. So, I mean, I was interviewing, I was, it was 24, 25 years old, interviewing people with doctorates and master's degrees that were looking for server positions because the housing market was taking everybody's net worth. And it was a really challenging time. So 
Orlando for me during that was cigars were kind of my my escape and uh, what my hobby became and it was easy with a with a you know as I said with the Disney World of cigars hanging around I was easy to, to experience a lot of different cigars a lot of different blends meat makers and I created a, a good friendship when I was in grad school uh, with Lido's son uh, Tony uh, who was the blender of Chapter One Chapter Two uh, the Lenox that I'm smoking now. He worked with his dad on the Andalusian Bowl in the 25th anniversary. Um, and he, he's the vice president at our factory uh, down in the Dominican Republic. So I created a good relationship with him through a cigar shop that I I, I use the word work at very loosely because I got paid <laughs> in cigars and beer and sangria. Sangria, um, nice. But, uh, but yeah, I worked at the shop when I, was, when I was in grad school and spent some time there and jumped around and became part of the cigar culture in Orlando and uh, hit off a really good relationship with Tony. And uh, when I was in grad school, <clears throat> I was kind of hiding. Um, I was going to grad school because I wanted to justify um, the time off when the economy took a dive. Um, there were some challenges. I came up. I, I got. Uh, I actually got fired. I'll tell people this. I, I'm not ashamed. I actually got fired. I was dating my hostess, and there were some circumstances that happened with that 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 caused some jealousy, I guess, and whatever the situation was, but they, the big companies didn't enjoy the, the nepotism, I guess. So, uh, so I went back to grad school cause in my mind, I'm like, I got to justify why I got fired from the lead, one of the leading restaurant companies in the world. Um, with all the successes that, that my opening teams have had and the managers that I worked with and, and the teams that I built with that, I got to justify this. So I went back to grad school and I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I was doing finance and, um, it was super beneficial, but the relationship I had with Tony led into uh, me getting hired as a sales rep uh, back in the Northeast. I did New England and New York. I'm from Maine originally. Um, so I worked with them as a sales rep for a few years. And I thought it was just a cool job. It was great. And it was something to, uh, to put some money back in the pocket. And if it hadn't worked out, it was essentially a, a move back to, to where my family was at. So I kind of had my safety net. And uh, then, it, you know, almost nine years now later, um, six and a half, seven years ago, I was promoted into the vice president of sales role, uh, which now that I'm doing, and I said I'm uh, in June, I will begin my 10th year uh, with the company. So it was something that was a cool job, and it was fun. It was a hobby. I mean, we, the, the shop I worked at, we were kind of like frat house. Um, but it was, I was always trying to, you know, keep some relationships. And, and you know, I, I tell people, they're like, they're like, oh, you're very fortunate you were able to do this. I mean, I got, I got promoted into my role when I was in my late, tw- uh, late 20s. I was 28 years old. I was one of the younger people in the industry at the time, and I, I didn't necessarily have any idea what I'm doing. Uh, maybe I don't have any idea what I'm doing now, but I guess I pretend a little bit better. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it was just, you know, people say, oh, you're so fortunate. I can't believe this. And then it's like, you know, I, I just made sure the big thing for me was when opportunity knocked and a door opened, I made sure I was able to walk through it. And um, the things that I've learned along the way made it when I walked through the door to be able to, to try to, to be as successful as I could. And, and uh, so that's kind of my, that's a, brief synopsis of kind of how it went down within this time frame i'm telling you getting into it in the history of landing and there's some crazy stories which would take hours upon hours and many many cigars and it's probably not for public consumption <laughs> that'll be uh that'll be the after show the uh mm. after dark <laughs> um but um so like you said earlier lfd at least for the last i don't know 10 15 years that's really been known as, you know, when uh, there's a lot of cigar smokers that I know that when you say LFD, they they say, oh, man, those are really strong cigars. 
And and the fact is that's true. There's a lot of LFDs that are really powerhouse cigars. You know, the, there's uh, Lido is no stranger to Lajero. And uh, but but the fact is there's there's a there's really a broad spectrum uh, in the portfolio for LFD. So um, where do you you know when you're talking to consumers and you're talking to your retail partners for you know their for their store shelves, you know what do you um, what's what's kind of the 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 starting point for you working on getting people to choose the right blend from your portfolio? That's a great question. It's it's very easy. Um, we're also a very small company in, in regards to imports in the United States. We're probably one to two percent, maybe three at the highest um, in regards to exports from the Dominican Republic into, into the U.S. So we're that that makes us relatively large. And if you know, if I were to tell numbers and get crazy with it, um, but we're we're a relatively small manufacturer. I you know I describe what Lido and Inez have created a um, a traditional cigar manufacturer, as when we're as is, we're vertically integrated from the seed to the cigar, everything's in house. Um, but it's a traditional cigar manufacturer in kind of the boutique spirit, um, because we we only make what we can make and we don't overproduce. Um, but with that comes a unique thing called you know when you just talk about the business side of it, uh, supply and demand. Yeah. Um, so since we grow our own tobacco, we only make cigars for ourselves. If you enjoy the flavor profile of, say, a Double E Hero, that that's the only place you're going to get it. Uh, you know, if you're a 700, if you're a Double E Hero 700 smoker or a Digger smoker, there's really nothing to replace it. There's maybe other cigars that you that you enjoy, um, but if that's your go-to, that's what it is. So it's very easy uh, for our retailers just to be like, I want 700s, Diggers, Chisels, Andalusian bowls, of course, and then I want these five limited. They, they can go down about 10 or 15 SKUs that are just really easy to put on the shelf. Now, the challenge with that is, and this is what, to answer your question, what we what we work on and what my team works on is if you're if you have those SKUs, that's great. And we need to have those. Those are our, our top items. Those are what we're known for. Uh, but we only make so many. So there's other offerings uh, that we have that can that can hit other pallets. Uh, that can fill voids other places. So we work on having our core items with the with our retailers, um, and we also work on having uh, secondary items. There may be a size in our Reserva Special line or three or four sizes that work in one place and maybe doesn't work somewhere else. And the questions that we'll ask, uh, you know, we, we ask about competitors. Not that I, I think competition is pretty friendly in this industry, but I ask about competitors for a couple different reasons. Um, I'll ask what, what sells best for you in Robusto sizes, uh, because I I also want to help the help the retailer make a good decision. So say they're selling a you know their number one selling Robusto size is a Davidoff Special R, uh, it's like twenty five dollars. It would not be good for me to go to that retailer and say, hey, you know, it'd be great if you brought in this ten dollar Reserva Special Robusto. Uh, that's not a smart decision for them now. If that was to for them to replace that, saying, "Oh, this is what we sell robustos. It'd be great. They could get this for ten dollars." I'm not trying to take money in anybody's pocket. Uh, you got to find products that fit and, and and fit in the you know the way the business is operating. You know, they may be big Lancero store. You know, there's some stores that don't do great with Lanceros. Um, so you, you've got to identify what the customer base is, and a lot of that is asking about what's going on with competitors and what they're selling. And part of that reason too is just sometimes I'll say no on a cigar that somebody wants to bring in. I say, well, that's gonna that's gonna infringe on something you're already selling. That's a great product, 
uh, that you're, you may, you know, that you may fetch a little bit more money on. Now, if you're going to replace something that's maybe a little bit lower in price point or lower in quality to get them into something a little bit higher end um, or something that's, uh, you know, that has a more uh, unique background, like we are like a vertically integrated brand, now, that's a different case. But, uh, you know, I would never do that. Uh, I would never put a cigar on the shelf to compete with one of our competitors in the industry uh, if it was at the damage of our retailer. Um, so, you know, a unique story I have with that, it's a pretty quick one. Um, I went to a shop one time. I can't remember what it was, but, um, you know, I'll say a couple brands. Uh, I'm, I'm real close with, uh, with uh, I have a good relationship with uh, Christian Aroa, and, but specifically his business partner, Tom Ozuka, with Asylum Cigars. Uh, he and I have a, a good friendship. I went to a store one time, and they brought in another brand uh, that was 7 by 70s and they were like $2 less. Uh, than the asylums and you can you can you can guess maybe what the brand is um or it was anything uh, but it was two dollars less and it was a, essentially a similar style of cigar and it was made to compete with that and i was talking with the retailer and i said i go how have your asylum sales done they're like oh you know they've slowed down quite a bit you know we brought in this this new brand and you know it's two dollars less expensive you know and people are really liking it and i said yeah you, you did your you did your your consumer and your customer a favor or bringing something lower end, but I go, but at the same time, you, you, you cut off your nose to spite your face because you're now selling a cigar that's $2 less every single time. Yeah. Um, so it was, you know, they replaced that. So, you know, there's, there's definitely, this is still a business. So we, we say we work with retailers to make sure that the products are in the right place for the right reasons that benefit them and benefit the consumer. Yeah. Uh, and us at the same time, you know, I try to make sure there's three parts of this. It's consumer, retailer, and manufacturer. There's got to be a way for everybody to win, and it's important for us to try to identify that. Yeah, and if you're um, if you're at an event, or if you're uh, even not at an event, just just at one of your retail partners talking them through the portfolio. If uh, let's say there's a consumer at an event who says, "I'm a big fan of um, really mild yet super flavorful Connecticut shade wrap cigars." What uh, give our viewers an idea of something from LFD that's going to fit their palate? So we had a cigar that was uh, that was created as a first brand uh, that Lido in '94. It was called the Premium Line. It was a Connecticut Shade wrapper. Um, it was a essentially a thin Churchill. It was called the Alcalde, um, but we still make that line. It's called Suave. Um, but generally, I'll find with we're not known for Connecticut, and it's in very few of our retailers. We also don't make a lot of it. Uh, we we do actively we do actively make it. And I'd say there's a handful of retailers that do quite well with it, um, and it's some people that maybe have been smoking LFD, you know, for generations, <laughs> you know, for a decade or so. Uh, but generally, I think the most of the smokers that I run into in the uh, in say events or just even the day to day that want something a little milder, essentially what they're saying is they don't want to get their butt kicked. Um, because we, we're, in a, yeah. we're in a world where the niche market, which is in the cigar stores or in the cigar lounges, that niche market does have a lot of ball busters. It has a lot of cigars that are really strong front four flavors in the front of your palate, strong finishes. You're going to feel it when you stand up. So I, I think in those circumstances, most of the people you're running into just are trying to explain that they don't want something that's going to kill them, uh, you know, or make them feel dizzy. Um so the, I tend to go towards a more medium-bodied offering because I, I, there's not a lot of really full-flavored, mild Connecticut shade cigars out there. 
Right. Um, I feel like our line has has good flavor. Uh, would I say it would meets the description you're saying? I want something that's got rich, good flavor, um, without you know without a full body. You know, I would say that our mild cigar has good flavor, but m- most mild cigars uh, either have good flavor or or just none. Yeah. Um, you know, the real mild stuff. So I, I find mostly in the shops that people are just trying not to get their butts kicked, so they just go a little milder uh, when they describe it. So I tend to position them into more medium-bodied offerings. Um, our Reserve Especial line, um, our Airbender line is a little bit fuller-bodied, so I'd kind of ask maybe what they smoke, uh, what other brands and other things they've enjoyed, how mild they want to well, at the end of the day, you know, once I ask what they smoke, if they something milder and we have that offering in the store, I, I will recommend our Connecticut shade. Um, and we also have a lot of fuller-bodied smokers that still smoke milder Connecticut shades every once in a while as well. So it's it's, it's surprising um, to me at sometimes where where certain cigars fit. Somebody says, oh, I don't smoke anything full-bodied, and then you give them something a little more mild, and like, I want something a little stronger. Uh, they, yeah. you know, they're just not looking to get their butt kicked. So it's, it's important to ask a lot of questions. And uh, oh, yeah. I, I smoke a lot of other cigars, too, so I can ask the right questions. And I, my team does the same thing, uh, so we're educated. So there's a there's a question, a viewer question from Jim. And I normally I would put it up on the screen, but it's a very long question. And I think it would cover the whole screen, so I'll just I'll shoot it out here. Uh, he says Sounds like he, my answers. Yeah, no, it's all good. He, Jim says he was introduced to LFD with a Maduro number no. 5, and it quickly became his favorite. Uh, and they're hard to find. Any plans to make them more available? So the Maduro cabinet number five um, is uncellophaned, unbanded. It's got a really rustic looking wrapper, super dark. Um, it's a Maduro and a Nascuro all in one. And it comes in 50 count cabinets. So it's a real traditional packaging. And it's kind of taken on kind of a cult following uh, where people know exactly what it is. They call them the number fives. Um, it's, uh, we, we do make a good amount of them. Um, we've made we made more last year than we ever made. Um, it is truly intended to be a limited production item, so we make as much as we can based off of uh, the materials that we have. And fortunately, we just completed over the last three years a big expansion of our of our uh, production facilities, uh, so we have more materials and we have um, more uh, ability, uh, larger ability and capacity to make more of it. So you will see more. Uh, but as I said, uh, we we're relatively small, so uh, you, you may see you may see them gone again for a short period of time, but uh, hopefully there's less gaps in between uh, that we can kind of service you better with that. But it's always been leading on, and as is a philosophy that uh, we don't want to sacrifice quality. As the one time that we make something that's lousy, uh, you know, Jim would never smoke that number five again if we didn't give him that same experience every time. So we take right. it very seriously, and we we are very careful. Uh, to ensure that it's the same every time. But, yes, we are making more to answer that question, um, and you will see a little bit more availability of it, uh, but it will never be rushed. All right, now another very serious question, <laughs> being that you're from Maine. Where's the best lobster outside of New England? Uh, Nova Scotia. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. wow. Okay. Well, it's the uh, same lobster. It's just the lobster swam in a different area, like New Brunswick yeah. and Nova Scotia. <laughs> The Canadian lobster is the best lobster the, the, next to Maine lobster. They're all, they're like cousins and uncles. It's the same thing. Like I sound like I'm from New Brunswick. Most, if you listen, I, I probably sound New England to you guys because you got stronger yep. Canadian accents than I got. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's Canada's the second best country in the world. 
So USA, yeah. uh, New England's got it. So New England's best lobsters. The Canadian cold water lobsters are the best after that. Number two. I've never had it. I don't get into this rock lobster thing. Rock lobster is like these huge, like these, these warm water lobsters are massive. And it's, it's kind of like the textures of those lobsters thicker because it's just more muscle. What I like about cold water lobsters, specifically Maine ones, um, but pretty much all of New England, that whole Bay Area, once you go up to New Brunswick, and Nova Scotia, things like that, um, Prince Edward Island, the yeah. cold water lobsters, since it's cold, they don't get as big. And when they're not as big, it's sweeter and it's a more focused mm. uh, flavor profile. It's, it's really like tobacco, too. Like the leaves on the top of the smaller have the most flavor, right? So these yep. smaller lobsters that are in these colder environments just naturally have a, a sweetness and a flavor uh, that these other ones don't have. No, I, I like rock lobster. I like big stuff. I like I do like warm water lobster, but it's just not uh, the same flavor profile. Now, how long does it take you when you go back to that area and you spend some time there? How long does it take you before the accent just goes full tilt? I, when you <laughs> lobster and pack the car, how long does that take? So I, I'm from northern Maine. So I live about an hour. I still spend half the year up there. I live about an hour and 10 minutes south of New Brunswick. Um, and I'm about, you said about, I'm about, I'm about, there you go. You got, you heard it. (laughs) I did. Uh, I'm about, um, that was completely accidental. That's why I tell people like, Oh, you got this new England accent. I'm like, listen long enough. I go, you will, you will know that it's not, not new England. Um, I live like four or five hours from Boston. However, I have some friends from Rhode Island that when I go to Maine, my, I sound pretty, pretty much like I sound now. If I go to like Rhode Island or whatever, and we're hanging out, it does not take more than about five minutes until uh, until what little New England I have uh, comes out. Before yeah. the Ben, the main, main, the main accent's very different. It's a down eastern ac- down eastern accent. It's, it's right. really weird. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not wicked hot. It's uh, this is wicked. <laughs> we- it's just weird. It's really hard to explain, and I don't do it very well. Um, so I, I have more I have more influence when I go to uh, Boston or Rhode Island, but. It doesn't take long, I'll tell you. It, it took me all of whatever you asked me a question to say about. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, oh, we throw in the, I mean, the Minnesota accent's hard to, hard to hide. And I wasn't even born and raised here, um, but uh, it's still, it's living here as long as I have. You know, the, uh, the, the Minnesota accent's hard to find. You know, I start saying the, those really heavy, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, stuff. Well, like, you already said you know, so you there, know, there you, you go. Know. Yeah, I say I say you know a lot. I real I went back because I had to edit a couple old podcasts and I went back and listened. I say you know a lot. <laughs> I got to work on well, that. Well, I say y'all. You say like, y'all? Yeah. Well, I, so I when I I li- I've lived in Florida for like oh yeah years. Yeah. There's people that down yeah. there say y'all. I got I get upstate New York all the time, but I'll say y'all. So it kind of confuses people a little. But I don't say y'all with like with a southern accent by any means. But it's something that people say. Hey, what are y'all doing? Um, yeah. So it's kind of I got a weird combination of stuff, and it takes unique areas. It takes people from Minnesota, upstate New York, Michigan, um, Wisconsin. Whenever I'm in those areas, people peg me like you're not from here, but you're from somewhere up north. Yeah. Um, and it's not New York, so then they slowly can pick it out. But it's, it takes unique areas to pick out what where I, how I actually sound. Yeah. Um. So go, going back to what you were talking about, as far as, you know, you make, you make the products when, you know, when the materials are available and I've talked to some other people, um, 
you know, manufacturers and brand owners alike about kind of that same thing where there are some companies that, you know, they have certain orders that they want to fill and they will maybe cut a few corners to fill those orders, even though it's not necessarily up to the, you know, a certain level of quality standard. And that's sort of a market, uh, market approach. And then the product approach, like you talked about, that LFD does that Lido wants to stick with is, is uh, sometimes you're going to have to ask your customers to be patient because if the, the cigars are going to be ready when we have exactly the right quality of raw materials to roll those cigars the way that we expect them to be. And, and um, so, and there's, you know, there like, like Andrew just uh, uh, last week, he sent me a text. He was traveling and he sent me a text and he said, you want me to pick you up an Andalusian bull? Cause they're not super easy to come by. And he yeah, said, yeah. you want me to pick one up? And of course, like a jerk, I didn't, I saw the text and I said, okay, I got to respond to this text. But then I got busy with other stuff. And it wasn't until like two hours later, I responded. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see this. And he's like, well, too late now. And so, yeah. but, but how do you, how do you, um, you know, put your customers at ease? How do you, how do you deal with that, that delicate balance with your retail partners of saying, you know, thank you for being patient. The, the product's coming when it's ready. We're going to take care of you. You know, how do you how do you deal with that? The, the, the key thing you said is it's our true retail partners understand it. Um, yeah. And they understand that we're doing the we're doing it for the right reasons. Now, it's challenging at the same time. And even if they do understand, because there's an opportunity where you have this crazy demand. Right. So, I mean, we could probably make a million Andalusian bulls and sell them all. But then how do I sell a million Next year, no, maybe we sell a million two years in a row. Then year three, you sell 700,000, and then year four, 200,000. And then year three, uh, you, you know, you, uh, sorry, three years after that, you're selling none, um, you know, which, which you can see in the cigar industry a lot. There's brands that just don't exist anymore within other people's portfolios. Things come and go. Um, so it, it's a matter of working with the retailer and, and helping them understand the vision that Lido and Inez have and, and why it works that way. Um, and then also how it fits in with their model. Um, you know, we are growing. So we've grown every year for 26 years now. Um, now it's been small, but it's always been growth. Um, and it, it's truly about the partnership is what it is. It's, it's a matter of, of working with the retailers. And, and there's some, there's some people and I respect that there's some, some retailers that it doesn't work for them. Um, it's not cause we're crazy and nuts. It's cause we really want to make a nice product. Um, and I'm not saying they, they don't want to do that as well, uh, but uh, we're, 98% of our products are brick and mortar. Uh, you know, we're brick and mortar, we're big brick and mortar business. Uh, we've been built with that, um, and we're we're doing doing things that uh, that are really beneficial to the brick and mortar, and not rushing a product out is huge. Uh, but it is it's working with our partnerships, and it's about creating a partnership. Uh, you know, I'm visiting a shop tomorrow here in Oklahoma City that I've, that, that we have a great relationship with as a company and personally. And a few years back when we were expanding quite a bit and the demand kind of fell off the rails a little bit, it went much higher than what we were able to even consider producing. Um, you know, the retailer said to me, he's like, I can't even put this stuff on the shelf. Uh, he's like, I, I don't, can't build the shelf space, this and that. He goes, this is nuts, I can't that. I said, by the way, I go, I, I, go, I respect that. And I go, I want you to sell cigars when people walk in the door if you don't have mine. I, you know, I, I, you know, I understand that you're going to, you're going to have to sell them something else. 
I go, all I ask is one that you do, you keep selling the product. And he's like, well, I'm always going to sell the product. It's great. Um, I go, but when we do catch up to the point in your store, because we're doing X, Y, and Z to make sure that we're able to service your store better, uh, that you give us the opportunity to get it back because you do respect the quality. And, and honestly, we ended up growing in those stores anyway. It was just not, you know, 100%, 200%, which isn't realistic numbers. Uh, this industry doesn't grow 100%. Um, so if you're growing in these stores saying, oh, man, we're up 30%, 40% in this retail store, uh, you know, that's not a, a growth model in this industry that's successful long term because it's not realistic. Uh, there's no, it's just, this industry hasn't grown like that forever. Um, yeah. You know, it grows maybe a half a percent, 1% a year. You see imports go up. Um, so if you're growing exponentially like that, um, that, that's a really dangerous spot to be in on a long-term basis. Now, some companies and some brands or some, some products within these companies or brands are positioned to be short-term, uh, short-term projects. Um, but really what we've created and, and, you know, when Lido's vision from the beginning and his wife Inez's vision has been creating something for the next generation uh, of their family. You know, the company's not for sale. Um, you know, the next generation's already involved uh, with uh, with Tony. Lido Jr. is now in college, and he's been involved in the company since a young age and got a lot of passion for it. Uh, so the family's involved, and this was meant to create a lifestyle for them and create a lifestyle and a product uh, that, that our retailers could sell and, and have the, you know a similar type of situation in their retail level uh, on a store-by-store basis. So... Yeah, it's been very special to see that, but you just got to work with the retailers. And some people think we're nuts and think we're crazy and that we're idiots. And that's fine. I respect that. It just doesn't fit with their model and everybody has a different model. Uh, and I totally respect that. Yeah. Uh, Travis has a good question here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put up on screen. He wants to know, is it possible to make the bull in a Robusto size to increase availability? And that's actually something that I've wondered, you know, for a while that, that is that, uh, is it is it even possible? I mean, I know it's possible, but is it ever something that's been discussed as far as possibly putting that that blend into a different size or two? Well, first of all, you're smoking a the almost an exact version of that blend in the 25th anniversary. Yeah, um, it's still a big size, uh, and obviously it uses a different uh, uses a higher priming wrapper, so it's not exactly the same, but it's very close. Um, yeah, there's been talks about it. Uh, there's there's been there's been some made for some charity auctions that we've done in the Dominican Republic at Pro Cigar Festival. Uh, we also do an event every year in Washington D.C. in partnership with uh, W. Curtis Drapers called the uh, uh, the um, Little Sm- Little Puff. Yeah, Little Puff. I was just there. I screwed it up. Uh, called the Little Puff. I must be Joe Biden or something. I'm screwing things up. I'm not saying the right things. It's Mini Tuesday. No, you'd have to uh, say it way way more wrong than that. Yeah, I just swear you tell you're an idiot, right? Something like that. <laughs> the um, so we did we did some smaller sizes for that. Now we're in a unique situation with uh, a couple things going on. So uh, one, we have looked at that. We've made test blends, and there's different sizes that could be made in the Andalusian Bowl. Obviously, we could try to make it similar. Um, now the different sizes will all smoke different, so it's not going to be the same smoking experience. And the bowl is a very um, different size and shape than really anything else we make. Yeah. Um, so that's part of the lore behind it and part of the excitement and part of what makes it a great, a great cigar. Uh, so if we put in a Robusto size, will it have a lot of excitement behind it? Yeah, uh, it would have a lot. Uh, you know, that brand Andalusian Bull is its own beast. Um, then there's a, but the, the other thing that we run into is the FDA. So right now, 
uh, it's really up in the air what's going on with substantial equivalency and what's going on with grandfather products. Now, that product came out after 2007, uh, so it wouldn't be a grandfathered product, and it would have to be something that was, uh, if, if, it, if all the regulations go through uh, with substantial equivalency, it's something that would have to be submitted for either substantial equivalency or, or submitted as a new product, which doesn't mean it would go away. Uh, but in the current state, we look at if there's five or six different sizes of this, uh, one that takes away from the actual size that was created all this excitement to begin with, and then two, if it was something that we had to keep now all of these sizes, uh, the financial side of it uh, and the financial investment to maintain and, and build something like that uh, might be impossible. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's on hold for those types of things. We've thrown around some ideas on it. Uh, there are some different sizes that are, uh, you know, that are kicking around because of some charity type things. Uh, Tony has a special size that's, um, it's essentially a small, it's a, it's a little bit thinner than a Corona, uh, but it's about a five and three quarters by like 40 uh, that he makes uh, for himself and our factory tours. But that's not something that we can market uh, right now because technically it's a, uh, technically it would be a new product. Uh, but right now we're focused on just that cigar. And there's a lot of people that haven't had a chance to smoke the Andalusian Bowl. Right. Um, you know, I, I don't know how many of you guys. I've smoked seven total in four years. Seven. I've smoked three. <laughs> three, yeah. So I'm at two. Two, yeah. So it, there's a lot of people that haven't had a chance to smoke it because of just the, the nature of it. And uh, we, we actually tripled production of it. Oh, wow. Um, so, it, yeah, so it's triple the amount that we ever made um, in the last two years. It's that, that happened about a year and a half after uh, the Cigar of the Year hit. Cigar so, aficionado. So for... If you had to choose one Desert Island cigar, regular production blend from LFD, you know, that, that you're, you're stranded and you can only have, you know, uh, 50 boxes of this one LFD cigar, what would it be? That's super tough. So you're saying <laughs> regular production. So yeah, that, I, I'm really I, I partial. I intentionally said regular production. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a huge fan. I'm going to go back to where, where it all started for me. I'm a huge fan of our Cameroon line, the Cameroon cabinet. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was the blend that really got me excited about LFD when I started smoking. Um, the small batch three was one of the first, um, limited production LFDs I ever smoked. And I really love the LG line. So if I could pick, if I could pick, um, if I could pick something other than just regular production, I would pick probably the LG line. I really enjoy that. I think it's a super full flavored. It is full body, but it's not. It doesn't beat you down. It's not an absolute. It's not a nicotine bomb. Um, it's 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 real. It's refined full body. Uh, but the Cameroon cabinet for me is phenomenal. I love Cameroon tobacco. Uh, yeah. Whenever I smoke any Cameroon from any brand, I, I really tend to enjoy it. Um, it's versatile. Uh, Lido uses a higher priming Cameroon wrapper, so it's a little a little bit more. Uh, thickness to the wrapper so it stands up a little more the flavor on that's fantastic so yeah if i could only smoke one cigar i jump around i honestly i don't smoke a lot of the cameroons anymore because I, I do smoke a lot of other things uh but I, I that's what that's what got me going and that, that i'd take 50 boxes of the cameroon cabinet with me yeah and uh so i don't know a few months ago there was a there was a big buzz in the news about the the PCA trade show. I don't know if you heard anything about that, but <laughs> no, I'm not, yeah, not, I'm not familiar with it. Not yeah, uh, 
I got to say, one of my, not even one of my, my absolute favorite response to all of that was Lito's letter. And um, Matt and I are super excited that you guys are going to, you know, uh, stand behind the PCA, that you're going to be a part of it, part of the show, and uh, you guys are coming out. What can you say about um, your support of the PCA and, and what that looked like? So to, to reference the letter Leo wrote, I, I think he put it really well, and it was really um, – it was eloquently and tastefully put. Yep. Um, I, I, sometimes I – sometimes I, 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 you know, you see a lot of infighting in the industry going on right now publicly. Um, some people are involved in it. Some of it's joking around, whatever. But it's a really temperamental time in the cigar industry. Um, and the fact that you have social media in these different areas – you get to you get to see people's opinions and views, and I've had a lot of conversations about it. Um, so I thought the way that Lido wrote that letter was was very tasteful. I mean, it'd be really easy to come out and say, "Oh, PCA sucks," or "This group sucks," or "This sucks," or mm-hmm. "This is crazy," or "This and that." Did. Yeah, and it, it, and I don't wrong that by any means. Um, you know, there's some of it's warranted. You know, um, but I thought it was very tastefully how he put it, um, and I, I, it was. You know, I I felt it was the right decision before we even released that letter that Lito had written. I, I we, you know, we were we were headed in that direction um, because this is a, this is a pivotal time in the cigar industry. There's a lot going on. Next week, there's some hearings going on that are important. We're facing a substantial equivalency deadline in May on the 20th, um, where there could be a lot of changes in what products out there. People are waiting for guidance, but. Uh, that there is, you know, guidance from the FDA, which it's, in my opinion, it's already out there. Um, so there's a lot of unique things going on. It's a pivotal time in the industry. Uh, so to be tasteful and respectful uh, in that moment was a big thing. And I, I think it really resonated with, with the cigar culture in regards to consumers, the retailers, and other manufacturers. It definitely did with me. It's easy for me to say because I work for them, but I mean, it really did hit home. I let I was with him when he texted to he texted them before it went in the letter form. He texted to his wife uh, Inez and I. We were sitting there and he was in the office, and uh, you know she read it to me when he was when, after he wrote it. It was just really well done, and really well put, and it was truly from the heart. It wasn't it wasn't about you, you could tell he really sat down and took the time not to just be emotional about it because uh, it's very yeah. easy to have emotional responses and and uh, I don't sometimes that's great because it gets you lets you vent. Um, but, uh, you know, to, to not be emotional in a moment that that was that important um, and that unique where people are releasing information of this and that, uh, you know, some of it's on a marketing level. You want to show support. But, you know, I think all the statements that people released were really heartfelt and, and said what they felt. Um, and they said there's things that we agree with with some of the people that may have decided and some of the, the companies that decided, oh, there's things there that we agree with. And I think the association has a really unique opportunity now uh, to improve and be aware of what people think needs to needs to be changed. Yeah. Um, it's just a really big opportunity. Like, I try not to get too upset when people say good things or bad things about me um, or about my company that I work for or that I worked for in the past. I really try to take it as, uh, as criticism. Like, I, I, I guess I, I try to take criticism well. Um, so I, I don't get too worked up when there's, you know, somebody says, oh, this was a bad idea or this was that or whatever uh, you know i try to take it for what it is and, and and take the message of what's being said rather than how and when it was being said yeah uh, but a lot of those things got misconstrued so i i think it was it was a great moment 
where uh, people were reacting to something that happened, which, by the way, those four companies that decided to leave, that was a thought-out, deliberate thing. Uh, well, you know, and, and, it, and it was good for them. You know, and that was their decision. People were like, oh, I can't believe they pulled out. Uh, th- they thought about that, and that was the decision that they made. Um, and, and they provided the information as to why. So yeah. if the PCA doesn't take that information and say, wait a minute, this is why these four big companies left. If they don't take that and they say, these guys are crazy, which they're not, if they take that approach and say, this is nuts, then that's a that's a loss. Like, they've got yeah. to take that opportunity to improve and say, hey, these people gave us feedback on the way out. And Absolutely. by the way, hopefully we can bring them all back because they're big. Uh, you know, it's it's a big financial side of the industry. I mean, they're, they're great companies. Oh, yeah. You know, Davidoff's a great company. General Altus are, are great companies in the industry. They're great for the business. Um, and same thing with, with Swisher, with the Drew Estate brand. And it'll be it'll be weird not having them there, but... It was a great moment, and I think that the, the letter he wrote was great, and I think that the industry's got a really unique opportunity now to uh, to improve, especially in regards to the PCA. There's other stuff going on, but the yeah. PCA is the specific one here. Uh, there's a great chance for that to be an example of how this industry can work together, can take criticism, yep. and can take positive things and make things happen. And, and hopefully the, the end game for this, for me, if I was in charge, would be how do I bring all these people back together and take what they said, make this better, and take what the support I have of these people here supporting what we're doing to make this a better situation for everyone. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because in a situation like this, it's easy to just complain about it, sit back and whine and finger points and all that other BS. But um, if, if the companies who are still going to exhibit at the PCA trade show, and if the PCA is an organization itself, takes what's going on and and uses that as a as a a catalyst to go out there and figure out places where maybe there maybe there are areas that they're missing it that they need to do a better job uh, in the end hopefully what that will do is is strengthen the industry as a whole and when that happens when the industry strengthens as a whole it strengthens every you know every tooth on the on the gear so i think it can only yeah absolutely absolutely i mean you look at anything um in life like react with a with a loved one or uh buying a product or anything you're doing when you get feedback it really is important and we're in a time with social media we're in a time in this industry where there's opinions everywhere uh, there's some opinions are right or wrong um you know I, it's Everyone has an opinion. It just because just you have an opinion doesn't mean you're right. Um, and just because you have think you're right doesn't mean you are either. Um, so there's there's something to get from everybody. And um, this is this would be a, a it would be unfortunate with a with a platform in regards to social media, podcasts, blogs, news articles, the industry associations where everyone's giving opinions. Yeah. Um, it would be unfortunate not to take all of those opinions in uh, into regard and try to create processes that make things better for the industry. Um, and and it's, uh, it's such a great opportunity. So, I mean, I've watched so much stuff. I, I, I try to have my team watch things. Sometimes I'll get involved in something, uh, you know, or in a conversation, just to try to get some views on, you know, different views, whether it's my view, it agrees with me uh, or not. Like, you know, I said, the four companies that left the PCA, they left and said, this is exactly why we're leaving. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, perfect. But you know what? 
those four things, I, we, we're, we're not four things, those four companies gave us six items. I can get better at those six things, whether I think I'm good at it or not, and they shouldn't have left, or if I think they should or shouldn't. You know, if I'm in the association, I'm PCA head, like, oh, man, they left. I mean, I wish they hadn't have done that. Yeah. Uh, but they, they just gave you all the things that you need to get better at. And yeah. then and, and you have the opportunity now to improve on it. And, and if you have too much pride to get better at things because somebody said it, what are we, 10? You know, I'm, I'm not going to flush the... I'm not going to put the seat down because my mom told me to, <laughs> you know, like, no, like you, when people give information or say something, you need to take it and, and not take it personal. And, uh, I'm offended and I, I don't think the PCA is doing that. And I, I think the industry really is getting behind this. And I, I think if this year's PCA uh, makes the adjustment, I think you'll see some of those companies come back. And, yeah. uh, and I think that's really what they were looking at doing anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was what they were trying to achieve. Yep. So speaking of the um, the PCA trade show is for for LFD this year, um, and I'm not going to ask you to give give away any specifics. Although if you want to, you can. But is is uh, is LFD? Does LFD have anything new in the works that's going to be released at the trade show, or are you just going to uh, strengthen and and expand your core brands? Well, every year for the last about nine years, we've released uh, at our trade show the Colorado Squirrels, our limited uh, edition, uh, which is one of the more budget-friendly limited editions in the cigar market. They run from 8 to $9. Our Colorado Squirrels come out each year uh, at our trade show for four, uh, four different sizes. Um, we do have something in the works uh, for the show this year. Tony's working on something uh, unique uh, for the show. It may be based off of a size or shape or blend or something I might have mentioned earlier uh, in the show. So, you know, if you're listening and paying a close attention, I may have given some info on that. But I won't go any deeper into that side of it. But we do have something planned for the show. Uh, we want to make something really, you know, really special. Uh, it's This show is a big show. It's a, it's a time for these cigar manufacturers to, to really show and display what they have to offer. You know, and it's the same thing for the companies that aren't there. The companies that aren't coming, it's the time for them to do that on the road as well. I mean, you know, the show, the important thing about the show is to not just understand that it's it's not just about those four days. It's about setting up the year, the rest of the year. It's about setting up your uh, your business focus. So it's a really interesting time uh, for that, too. So this, this, is, this is a very important time because this is going to show the direction of, of every company. Yeah, um, I think that's there of, of what they're doing. And, and the ones that aren't there, it's going to show their direction. What are they going to do? What are they doing at the same time the show is going on? Because uh, in regards to consumers, the consumers, uh, you know, really all the stuff that's going on with the PCA really shouldn't affect the consumer. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, this is really retailer, manufacturer, and association-based. Um, so you're going to see a lot of exciting things coming this, this summer at the show, and uh, not just from us and not just from the people that are attending. It's just going to be a big... Uh, a big spring, a big summer, and a, a big big end to the 2020. I think 2020 is an important year. There's a lot of positive things going on, and uh, yeah. LFD does have something for the show. Nice, awesome. So let's uh, let's transition into this week's smokabulary word. And guys, as always, the mm-hmm. smokabulary word is brought to you by AJ Fernandez. Born and raised in Cuba, A.J. Fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The day-to-day operations of Tabacalera A.J. Fernandez are managed under the watchful eye of Mr. Fernandez himself in order to ensure superior quality. The A.J. Fernandez portfolio of premium cigars provides blend, strength, and flavor profiles to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer, whether it's New World, 
Diaz de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from AJ Fernandez. So, guys, this week's vocabulary word is Cuban sandwich. <laughs> and I love Cuban sandwiches, but I'm not talking about the sandwich you eat with the roast pork and the ham and Swiss cheese and the pickles, pickles. and the mustard. It's the best sandwich in the history of all creation, by the way. It um, is a damn good sandwich. But I'm, we're talking about... So, so John, when, when you say Cuban sandwich cigar, what kind of cigar are we talking about? We're talking about a mixed fill. Precisely. Cigars, we're talking about. Yeah, so yeah, it's mixed a cigar cigar. that's Cuban got a mixture of it's got a mixture of long filler tobacco and uh, short filler tobacco. When when they're when they're rolling these premium cigars, uh, you know they use the chavetta to cut you know and shape the tobacco leaves. And there's cutoffs. There's there's little trimmings, and that all gets scooped up and put into wood bins and set aside, and uh, either at the same factory rolled into. Cuban sandwich mixed filler cigars or sold off to other factories to roll into uh, their mixed filler cigars. So, um, uh, and honestly, Jonathan, I don't know. Does, does LFD have any Cuban sandwich cigars in their portfolio? We, we do not have any. Okay. Any I didn't think you did. We, we used to have a short fill way back in the day. It was called the Fumas. Okay. Uh, it was like a cheroot. Uh, it was a short fill, uh, but we we haven't made that for yeesh, okay a long time. Yeah, um, and that was that was part of a bundle program we had. It was called the uh, Labello Pake. Uh, it was a brand back in. Thank you. I got a I got a crowd over here. <laughs> we got a crowd outside. Thank you very much. Good, sir. Thank you. Thank you. The uh, Labello Pake bundles was a bundle program that we had uh, in the nineties, and. Uh, the Fumas was part of that, so no, we don't have any. We don't have any Cuban sandwiches, but there's been there's been some good mainstream, you know, premium cigar Cuban sandwiches over the years. Yeah, um, I, I won't name any specifically because I, I don't want to screw it up if it was. Well, or I've wasn't, got a, I, I've got a some, couple some really good ones. I've got a couple that I wrote down just uh, just for the show here. Uh, the the Tatuaje Series P is a yeah. is a mixed filler cigar. The I was going to say the Tatuay Mexican. The original Mexican was a Cuban sandwich, right? I think Mexican the original experiment. was. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, the the Fuente Curly Head. That's a that's a mixed filler mm. cigar. Uh, the the JSK Toothpick is a mixed filler cigar, and the uh, the Drew Estate the that La Vieja Habana, which is one of the first premium cigars I um, I had forever ago. I mean, I don't even remember how many years ago, but, um, all those blends are, are mixed filler cigars. And, you know, you, uh, you definitely with, with Cuban sandwich cigars, you definitely get what you pay for. There can be, you can run into some burn, you know, con- combustion things from time to time, but you can get a lot of really good flavor. And one thing that, that actually somebody brought up to me was, uh, and I never thought about this, was the fact that sometimes you can get some really cool, interesting flavors from from mixed filler cigars because a lot of times those trimmings will sit in those wood boxes for a long time before they finally uh, are up to bat and and get put on the rolling lines. To so sometimes you can get some you know some trimmings that are that have some really good age on them. So mm-hmm. you can get some different interesting things going on. So. Uh, guys out there listening and watching, when you hear the term Cuban sandwich when it comes to cigars, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about mixed filler cigars. 
Yeah, I think the important thing, too, about to, to understand about a Cuban sandwich is they are the most delicious sandwiches in the world, yes. Yes. But in regards to cigars, the it, it, it's not like... It's not like smoking a black and mild. Like I think sometimes people are like, oh, you know, say the word Cuban sandwich to be like insulting. You know, I'll, I'll hear it often. I'm like, oh, that's a mixed fill. Like no, like that's this is great tobaccos that are in here, and they're not little. They're not little ground up tobacco. Yeah, it's not I mean, shavings. Like I mean, it's, it, it, they're like they're like they're they're some of them are an inch long. They're just shorter. You know, it's not yeah. full length uh, leaves. So it, it's it, it's there's definitely a lot of quality stuff in there. And yeah, it's made it's made to be a more of a uh, more of a price-friendly cigar, and but this this great. This said, like I always enjoyed. Uh, that that's why a Mexican experiment first one. It was like a super limited thing, but that was yeah. delicious. Yeah, I never had the original back in the day, but the yeah the re-releases I'm I, I enjoy. Um, so let's uh, Garrett, let's move into my favorite segment of the week. Numero de los muertos. <laughs> So, what's the number this week, Garrett? Do we uh, do we not have any copy to read? Or oh, we do. I'm so sorry. Uh, this is so so new. I'm still uh, I'm still remembering how all this goes. Yeah, we and and as always, Numero de los Muertos is brought to you by Oveja Negra Brands. Uh, they bring you premium smoking experiences forged from tobacco, time, and talent. Compromised of Black Label Trading Company. Comprised. Comprised. <laughs> Words are hard. Reading is hard. <laughs> Teleprompter is broken. <laughs> Comprised of Black Label Trading Company, Black Work Studio, Dissident, and, and Emilio Oveja Negra Brands provide smokers uncompromising blends renowned for their flavor and lasting impression. Oveja Negra, where art and tobacco collide. Join the flock. Visit ovejanegracigars.com to learn more. All right, guys. I was watching. Oh, hold up. I was watching. I can't let the the vocabulary here go go <laughs> to the wayside. I was watching this comedian online the other day. I can't yeah. remember her name. It was on social media. It was like on Instagram. And she was talking about how she's like, why is there not a creative spelling bee? Like she goes, I can. She goes like, she goes, I can spell museum ten different ways. <laughs> you need, you need to enter yourself into the creative spelling bee. Yes, I do. I like that. Absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, this week's numbers are uh, in the last twenty-six years. Okay. There have been two hundred and fifty-six injuries, and of those, thirty-three fatalities and this is worldwide how many years 26 all right the last 26 years 33 people have died from mm -hmm. this we got to guess what it is world yeah yep. we gotta we got we gotta guess we yep. gotta it's like 20 questions. so 26 years starting like today back 26 years yep yep okay. since uh november of 2019 technically is when uh wow. this number was uh, Wait. verified. Okay. I died of um, died in dodgeball accidents. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. That's right. Uh, no, it is not dodgeball. Um, worldwide. Worldwide. And how many injured? Two hundred and fifty-six. Two hundred fifty-six injured. Thirty-three and, dead. And what's interesting is uh, there's a particular country who. <laughs> 
who has so um, all three <laughs> deaths um, are awful. Um, are listed and 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 uh, there's details and there's one country in particular that uh, and this is a bit of a clue. It starts out with um, an intoxicated individual. <laughs> So oh, booze, wow. booze is involved. Booze is definitely involved. It can. Have be. you ever? Did you ever watch that show, a Thousand Ways to Die, or oh, whatever? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. They, yes. they had like the best, the best naming for the deaths. Like this one <laughs> girl died because she got impaled on on a, on a tr- she was a gymnast and she got impaled. And they called her Mary Lou Rectum. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the show's amazing. It was on. It was on Spike. <laughs> yeah, oh, Thousand man. Ways to Die. Does anybody have any guesses on this? So uh, the country uh, somebody, booze was involved. Uh, it is not base jumping. It is not bullfighting. Um, ooh, died in a sauna. Died in a sauna. Chuck that's said really that's a good. good guess. Yeah, no, it is not. Um, so, um, is it a recreational activity? Um, yes. Okay. Um, is it a competitive sport? No, not a competitive sport. No. Um, this is a family setting. Playing lawn darts. I was just gonna say that, dude. I, 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 I could, I could sense it? it. Not a oh. no. Oh. But I, I now I really want to look at lawn dart statistics. By the way, I can tell you, it's definitely not smoking cigars. Absolutely not. No. Is it coronavirus? Coronavirus is way less than. <laughs> way less than that. Divorce. Way less than that. Divorce. Divorce? <laughs> Travis. What that you? number's going to be a ton higher. I've watched way too many law and orders for that. <laughs> right? Um, uh, is it mountain biking? That's, by the way, divorce. No. Uh, I don't know. Recreational activity. Who's answering that question? Yeah, right. <laughs> if you're getting, yeah, if you're if you're getting divorced for sport, you got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> what's oh, um, so man, what's another Googling, clue? using Google? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, so another clue is, um, <laughs> uh, huh? This is a um. This is a fun activity to do with the family. Um, whitewater rafting. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no. Uh-uh. Fun activity to do with the family. Is, is it in, is it in the water? Mm-mm. It's not in the water. Fun activity to do with the family. Uh, fireworks. Ooh, that's a good one. No, I blew an eardrum last year. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I'm still dealing with that. Um. Uh, not trampoline playing cornhole that's chad says playing cornhole love it if you die playing cornhole you got problems yeah you're not doing it right (laughs) by the way i I, are you sure it's not lawn darts because that's really fun to do with family i know i yeah it really is um picnicking no um is it like a activity family activity you would do in your yard or or mm-hmm. you have to travel somewhere you have to, to do go it? to this place you have to go to this is it a is it one particular place yeah going it, to s- is it in the united states well so it's globally so there's a lot of of these places mountains Mm-mm. not mountains not mountains mini golfing 
No. Um, you might find that near one of these places. Go-kart tracks? Nope. Not go-kart my, tracks. My sales manager said uh, drugs. Drugs? <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, cro oh, sorry. He said croquet. I thought he croquet. said cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Travis! Travis says pinatas. Ah, pinatas. Oh, no, not pinatas. Not pinatas. Not water slides. Not bocce ball. Um, think of. Um, so this is a place you'd go to and you'd walk around. The mall, not the mall. A museum. <laughs> not a museum. Place you'd walk around. Um. So you take the family and you go, oh, hey, look at look at that one. Looking at leaves. Leaf mm. peeping. Chad. Look at the big brain on Chad. Is it the zoo? It is the zoo. I got to put this up on screen. Chad nails the answer. It's the zoo. So you should have guessed that with 30, Harambe. 33 people a year? Yeah. Well, 33 people over 26 years. So one... You know, a little over one person a year in the last 26 years has died at the zoo. And most of them are idiots or drunken idiots oh, who climb into deadly <laughs> animal cages. So all the, they're the ones who see the signs that say, do not enter, do not yeah, climb do not over feed, this railing, do not, do not feed, yeah. and they do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. there's got to so, be alcohol involved. I've never thought getting wasted at the zoo was a, was even remotely a, a good idea or a possibility. When, when I go to the zoo it's like a family act like I I was I don't get wasted at the zoo. Yeah. Why would you wow. it just doesn't even make sense to me. So but, did, did it give you a number like was there some number of like how many that were involved actually alcohol was involved? Uh not specifically so the ones in the UK um all the reports, you know, a lot of the reports would say, you know, so-and-so was intoxicated and climbed into either, wow. you know, the lion cage or the grizzly bear cage or, you know, um, but of those 33, only one death was from an escaped animal. So, you know, 32 people were being idiots. And, and climbing into, and that's why Harambe's dead. That's exactly <laughs> right. So at Disney World, I was just there last week with my family and my niece. Um, we went on the Harambe Safari that they have there at Animal Kingdom. They do not. And I was making Harambe her Safari. Yeah, it was called Harambe. Yeah, but it was called Harambe before Harambe. Oh, it was. So yeah, yeah. So so I was on there and I'm making Harambe jokes, and I forgot that like. <laughs> The kids that are in line there were like too young to know what Harambe was. Like, yeah, it, it was that was a while ago. Now, if you look at it, it was like people around. Nobody thought so. My parents didn't know what it was. And then the kids around me. So I was making Harambe jokes and nobody got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then there was uh, this was maybe 10 years ago now. But unfortunately, there was that kid who got got uh, eaten by the crocodile or the alligator at uh, at Disney World. That was awful. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was awful. Story. That was awful. Yeah. Way to way yeah. to way to way to end the segment on a low note, Matt. Jeez. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for that. What's wrong with Does me? Does it usually go this way? 
No, no, no. I just took it. I took it down a really bad turn. Yeah, we were. It was. Well, it started with a family. It was a family friendly <laughs> family. Yeah, family activity, and Matt well, just killed puppies right leave, on the live. Leave air. it to me to take it down a dark road. Well, that is uh, that is this week's numero de los muertos. So uh, we got a lightning round. Let's bring it back to something fun. Uh, so. <laughs> John, if you, I don't know if I'm ready for it, you this th- these are these are fun. I, I promise, and no more. Let's do it. Good gun. So, if you could choose, uh, if if you could hear the the thoughts of one living person for ten minutes, who would it be and why? Oh my god! What that is so hard. <laughs> this is lightning round. Yeah. yeah. If I could hear the thoughts of one living being for ten minutes. Oh man. Ex-girlfriend, any of them. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I, obviously, I didn't, I, obviously, I didn't understand any of their thoughts. You're brave. You are. I would yeah. not want to hear. Nope. Nope. Any of the any any of the ex-girlfriends or the the wife or that the I've been married to wife. for almost yeah. 22 years. I would not I, ever. Nope. I'm I'm all about I'm all about constructive criticism. <laughs> It's the, it's the constructive part. That right. Not so much if they're exes. There's not so much constructive. That's probably why they're why they're exes. That that's tough. I mean, that's a tough one. Yeah, that's any that's, living being. Man, that's tough. Uh, well, Bill Belichick was a, a guest from another New Englander uh, a couple months ago. Was that uh, Terrence? It. I think it was Terrence. No, we didn't. Terrence, we had to reschedule. Oh, Terrence right. yeah. was coming up in a few he, weeks, but it was. Uh, that, that would be an interesting one. That would be cool. But, I mean, if you watch, you can see his thoughts. Like, if you watch postseason stuff, like, he, he explains things. And he's going to write a book so you get to hear his thoughts. I was going to say, like, Donald Trump, but we get to hear what he's thinking 24 7. Yeah, he that would be a cool one. But, like, quiet. Yeah. but that is yeah, actually so I, the most popular answer is Trump. That's the most popular answer. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I didn't say Trump because it was just all out in the open. So yeah, yeah. constructive criticism. <laughs> so I'd, I'd be wrong if I didn't say that. Right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So if you were about to get into a fight, hmm. what soundtrack music would come on? Oh, <laughs> the Rock's theme song. The Rock's entrance theme. Yeah. Do yeah. you smell what the Rock <laughs> is cooking? Done. <laughs> I love it. Easy. That's the first first That's time the first answer one, for yeah. that one. I like it. Yeah, I do too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so choose one of the following. You could hit a home run as a starting pitcher. You could score a touchdown as a defensive lineman. Or you could score a goal in a hockey game as the goalie. Touchdown defensive lineman. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. a rare answer, but it's yep. a, it's also a very rare thing in the game. I mean, yeah. de- defensive backs, that's, that's more common. But a lineman... That's that's really rare. Watching them big yeah. boy run. Oh, it would it, it, it would be it would be. I, I'm I like baseball. Um, I was never a big baseball player. I was okay at it, um, but uh, and I guess being a starting pitcher hitting the home run would be like kind of like an aha moment. But I, it just the glory of scoring a touchdown. Yeah, man. Nuts. I mean, I've scored some touchdowns, and uh, there's very few things that that come to that level of excitement. I mean, it's huge, and it's a team game too. So I mean, everyone's yeah. psyched 
um, yep. the same way you are. And I get home run is same thing, same thing too. But that's very individual. Yeah, touchdown. Nice. So, if you could give one piece of advice to a new cigar consumer, what would it be? Try a lot of things. Try a lot of cigars. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. there's, there's so much great, great products out there. We're at a time where there's tons. I mean, it's endless. There's no reason to not smoke good cigars. Yeah. Um, even cigars like even cigars, I'll say, I mean, I don't really like that. Like, man, it's, it's honestly, if you're being very honest with yourself, there's just not a lot of bad cigars. That's um, true. You know, we can read ratings and reviews and things like that, but I mean, there's not a lot of bad cigars. So be open-minded and try a lot of things. Yeah. Um, if you could give one piece of advice, which I know you do all the time, if you could give one piece of advice to brick-and-mortar cigar retailers, what's the number one piece of advice you give to them? Aside from carry LFD. I, I wouldn't say this is advice that I necessarily give them. Um, if it's asked, I would. Um, the the business, there's, a, there's, there's hobbyists in this business. So a piece of advice that I would give to say, let's, let's say somebody new coming in and wants to open up a new cigar retailer, uh, make sure it's run like a business and it's not just a hobby uh, mm-hmm. because a hobby that you like can become really time-consuming and draining on you if you don't run it as a business. Um, the best way to enjoy uh, cigars in a retail environment, if you're a retailer, is to, to have a successfully run business. And it doesn't have to be big. Just make sure your cash flow is right and you're not spending more than you're bringing in. Because uh, that, that's one thing that, I, that I, I do see. When I go into a shop and somebody's struggling, um, it's not my job to fix their business, but uh, that's one thing I wish I didn't see uh, was where uh, where there was where there was decisions being made that took a passion uh, takes the passion away because of uh, outside uh, business influences. So that that would be that would be a real honest uh, recommendation and a piece of advice that I would yeah. give. Um, so guys, uh, let's move into some notable smokables. Uh, so John, each week, Garrett and I just mentioned one or two cigars that we've tried over the last 10 days that were interesting to us. It could be something that's been on the market for years. It could be something brand new, just something that was interesting to us. Um, Garrett, get us started. So my first one is the short story. Oh yeah. Classic. It's just a classic. I mean that, that everything in that Flippin' Hemingway line yeah. is always, you can always count on it to be... Cameroon, baby. Oh my gosh, yep. that Cameroon is so good. And uh, I smoked one this last week, too. Yeah, just a great, great cigar. Um, one for me was, uh, from, from one of our new sponsor partners, was uh, uh, the Black Label Trading Company. Um, and, and it's actually a blend of theirs that I haven't had in a lot, I want to say at least five years, and it's the royalty Um and you know they're they're sort of also known for really bold, strong cigars. And this one is also it's it's definitely a medium to full cigar, but um, it's really got a lot more nuance than some of their more more powerful lines. And I smoked that a couple days ago and really just remembered what a what a what a cool, interesting blend that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, John, obviously, you smoke a lot of your you know LFD stuff, but um, you you mentioned you smoked a Hemingway recently. Is there anything else interesting that you've uh, tried over the last couple of weeks that um, that you thought was pretty good? So, I was on vacation last week, and um, so I did smoke a lot of different stuff. Um, three specific, I had a Hemingway. I don't remember exactly what size it was. It was like Toro, but not quite. Um, so, I had that. That was excellent. Um, it was it was not the Hemingway. It was the um, What's the other one? Don Carlos. 
I guess, yeah, Don Carlos. It must have been Don Carlos. Um, so I had that. I smoked a uh, like a petite Robusto in the Añejo, Fuente Añejo, which was mm. excellent. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I smoked um, probably the one that stood out to me the most was um, that was just, just very different than what I usually smoke. Um, I, I smoke a lot of, obviously, I smoke a lot of LFD. I smoke a lot of Padron. I smoke a lot of Davidoff. Um, I smoke a, a good amount of Krishna Roa's products as well. I really yeah. like Corojo. Yeah. So I smoked that. I had, an, I had a nice Corojo last week. Um, but the one that stood out to me the most was the uh, Davidoff uh, Florida selection. Oh, I had that. It's got the Florida sun-grown tobacco. Yeah. Um, so I, I had two of those last week, and those were those were exceptional, um, and a really nice Not smoke. Had that yet? Um, so yeah, yeah, it was it was very good. I like it. the size is cool. It's a it's a torpedo. Um, so I, I I really I really enjoyed that, um, and that that one probably stood out uh, amongst all of them um, yeah. that I had last week. My uh, my last one is just a. a uh, a kind of a shout out also to our friends at uh, Cigar Dojo. They did uh, another oh. one of their special releases yeah. with uh, with Alec and Bradley Rubin. Oh. They did uh, the it's called the Uro Doshi. It was for uh, Leap Day. They released it on February 29th, and uh, I just got my bundle in the in the mail and fired one of those up. Uh, obviously, it came right out of the mail, and it was it was definitely I shouldn't have smoked it. It was too early to smoke because it was. Um, uh, it was it was uh, over humidified from from being in shipping, but it was. How do you wait? I know I couldn't wait, uh, <laughs> but it was. It, there's really good flavors in that blend there, and I'm excited to let them sit for a while and you know kind of see how they um, how the, how the blend comes together after it's um, you know not super super moist. <laughs> you, you know what I've been smoking a, a good amount of lately. I, I'd say I smoke I, I smoke about three cigars a day, so. On average, like ninety percent of what I smoke is, is LFD, and that, that's kind of what I've been smoking for the last ten or twelve years, is anyway. Um, but I've been smoking a lot of um, Aganorsa products lately. Yes, yeah. Uh, man, it just they, they it's just like it seems like everything I pick up from them, I, I tend to enjoy. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, there's just some 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 really nice. I said I don't know the names of them uh, exactly, but I, I had I've had a lot of those recently that are. That have uh, that I've really enjoyed. And I said, I, when I smoke different cigars, I try to smoke things that are very different. Yeah. Um, you know, and that you can't get everywhere too. So I, I try to, I try to narrow it down to things that are really unique. So I, I, I but I, I find I find instead with Aganorsa that I, I tend to enjoy most of everything that they're making, whether it's their brand or, you know, or, or other brands that are working with them. So yeah, uh, I've been I've been really I've been really, uh, really on that for the last six to seven months. And well, my my, yeah. uh, my last one is uh, the Skyflower um, from uh, Warped. Yeah. And when I was smoking that cigar, it really kind of dawned on me, and John, you alluded to it earlier in the show, that there are a lot of great cigars out there. And as I'm smoking the cigar, I'm like, gosh, you know, there are just way too many cigars, you know, you go into a humidor and you really can't go wrong. You yeah, know? it's it's really you're right. It's it's really I mean there this is this is one of those times that we're living in right now where you have to you you almost have to go out of your way. You have to work hard to find a shitty cigar. Yeah. Right now. I mean there's so much good product on the market yep, right there now. There really is. So we live in we live in glorious times. We, we do. really do. Because uh, if people aren't putting out a good product, they're not going to 
you know, fly off the shelves. Yeah. And, um, and then the brick and mortars can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, you're right. It's a good time. So I, I tend, I said, I, I tend to have three or four brands that I smoke other, other than an LFD. Um, but I do try everything else. You know, I, I'm not, I, I will try anything. Um, but I, I tend to, I tend to with trying everything and the same recommendation to make to people, like make sure you try a lot of different things. Also have like you know your your go tos because it's really hard to you said there's tons of great stuff so find the ones you like make those your regular you know four or five different brands and then try everything else and always be open to trying what's uh, what's what's being maybe promoted in the store or or something that's a little different because it is yeah. like nine times out of ten you're gonna get uh, a, a pretty much a great product that may not hit your flavor profile but um, but it's not a, you know, it's, it's a high quality products. Yeah. Right. So guys coming up in the next few weeks, I'll give you an idea of what we have. Um, next week on uh, the 17th, we're going to talk to Oliver Neveau from United Cigar. So uh, for those of you who don't know about United Cigar, those are brands like uh, Byron and Atabay and some other, uh, some other brands as well. So we're excited to talk to him next week. Uh, the week after that, on the 24th, we're going to talk to James Brown from Black Label Trading Company. And then on the 31st, uh, we just mentioned about Agonorsa Leaf. We're going to talk to Terrence Riley from Agonorsa Leaf on the 31st. And then a little sneak preview going into April. Um, uh, we don't have anything on the calendar yet for April 7th, but uh, normally the show would be on Tuesday, April 14th. But that is my wife's birthday, and I love her, and I want to stay married. So we're not going to have a show on April 14th, but we are going to have a show the night before. So on a special night, on a special Monday night, we're going to have the one and only Cigar Coop. William Cooper is going to be live on the show with us, and we're very excited to talk to him. Uh, so that is an idea, guys, of some of the stuff we have coming up in, in the next few weeks. Uh, John, give everybody kind of a final, uh, final idea on where they can find out more about LFD cigars and um, how they can learn about the brand. So I have a question for you guys. What do you think about the cigar you're smoking? How are you enjoying it? It's oh very gosh. good. Very, and like you said, it's not that it, – it, there are a lot of those those Andalusian bold qualities to it. It's mm-hmm. not that super thick, heavy powerhouse, Yep. but there's a lot of nuance to it. The smoke production's phenomenal. There's a lot of smoke on every draw. So I'm a fan, definitely. Absolutely. It, uh, you know, Matt hit it right away. Um, there was a lot of sweetness that came through uh, at the beginning, and now – it's just a. It goes from a smooth, light, almost cigar because of the size, but then just flavors, just so many great flavors. So outstanding, good yeah. job, guys. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it too because it's right in my wheelhouse. I don't. I, I fall in that category of more of a medium-bodied smoker. Yep. Um. So I don't. I don't smoke a ton of our full-bodied blends. I do smoke them because I. I have to. You know, I have to know what's going on. I love double arrow I, I love the way it tastes i just for me it's a little strong um but the flavor profiles are awesome so if i'm sitting down after a big meal i will light up a 700 a digger a chisel um but uh the, for me the 25th anniversary was that i love the andalusian bowl the size is not my preferred size it's just a lot yeah. of cigar yeah. for me um, but i do like a lot of cigar, but i like i like churchill's which is kind of the size of the 25th is a little bit bigger yeah um, in a traditional Churchill in terms of uh, of girth, you know, and ring gauge. So I, I for me that's that's uh it's perfect. Um, so I, I really enjoy the 25th, and uh, it's it's a good thing because uh, it's it's 
it's honest, but it's a limited edition. When it's done, it's done. Yeah. And we're going to make what, what we, what we're going to make in, uh, uh, and when it's over, it's over. So it's a truly special cigar in, in, in the blend and then the concept behind it. Uh, but if people are looking for more information on LFD, obviously we, we have a very big social media uh, exposure with LFD cigars on Instagram, Twitter, uh, La Flor Dominicana on Facebook. There's also a, a La Flor Dominicana club, which is uh, run by consumers, which I've been a little more active in recently uh, because apparently the Facebook algorithm has changed and uh, I now see it. I've been in it, uh, but I just started answering more questions and things. So if anyone wants Facebook, the La Florida Minicana Club is a great place to go to. Uh, LFD Cigars uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I'm LFD Carney on Instagram. If you like uh, cigars, food, and travel, and occasionally uh, pictures of random things, um, uh, that's that's where to find uh, find my following. And then and then we do uh, we do a lot of events around the country. I do a lot of cooking events. I'm going to be doing a uh, I'm going to be turning a cigar shop uh, in New Hampshire into a steakhouse in May. Um, oh, wow. So that should be pretty fun. Uh, we got another one of those planned for Texas later in the year. Um, so there's a lot of fun things we've, we've got going on. And uh, uh, obviously, LFDCigars.com is a place to find that. But social media tends to be the most popular. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's that's where we're at. We'll see, you know, we see everybody on the road. Invite people to come out and have a cigar. Um, if you're watching the show and, and saw me on here, come on up like you know me and introduce yourself. I'd be happy to share a smoke with you. Um, and uh, he said, yeah, so, so find, find us on the road, find any of my team on the road. Uh, and, uh, and you can find us in, uh, in the, in the intranets uh, through social media. <laughs> so guys, if you're uh, watching and listening too, uh, we want to let you know that uh, John was nice enough to send us some really cool swag. So we're going to give away to two lucky winners. We've got hats and t-shirts for two lucky winners. So uh, we're going to randomly choose some people who leave comments. We're going to give a few more days because obviously you can still watch this after the live broadcast and you can still leave comments after the live broadcast. And we'll give a few more days to give more people a chance to enter that giveaway. And, and I will uh, randomly choose some winners over the next couple of days for a lovely LFD hat and, and t-shirt. And let's throw one more thing in there. Yeah. I, I, I let's throw in, you guys just shoot me whoever wins it and uh, we'll get it sent up to them. I'm going to throw in one of our elusive uh, Andalusian Bowl ashtrays. Oh, uh, nice. they're not available anymore. And I will throw, but I, I have one uh, of my of my my private stash uh, that we can throw in there. So if anybody wants to get on that, make sure you you enter in. We'll we'll be giving away we'll give away one of our Andalusian Bowl ashtrays too. Nice, awesome. We appreciate that. And so guys, uh, be sure to enter because that's a that's a really killer prize. So thank you guys so much as always for watching and listening. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, you can leave them right here on this video. You can also email us directly at the website, howaboutthatcigar.com. And until we see you guys next time, burn cigars. I proved this. Take care, guys. Thanks, Thanks guys. You.